Sabrina, an Amplify podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of It's All BS, your backstage pass to all things live music and the bullshit that comes with it. I'm your host, Sabrina, and thank you so much for tuning in this week. This week has been one of those like really middle ground weeks. Uh, nothing really went wrong, but nothing really went right. I started a new job and that's kind of exhausting in itself. I went to a market on uh, Saturday night. I had a really wholesome night. Uh, well, it's not a night in cause I still went out, but you know what I mean? It was like, it was a wholesome night and I spent too much money on stupid things like bath salts. I don't, I don't even have a bath and I bought bath salts. So that's a little bit of an insight into my money spending habits. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, one of those middle, middle of the line weeks. Um, I don't know, something about February. I feel like that's the month that everybody finally realizes that a new year has begun and they've settled into their routines again. And I think we're all feeling a little bit, a little bit slow, a little bit uninspired maybe. Uh, but what is feeling inspired this week is the music news realm. Uh, we've got a little bit more about NFTs because of course it's going to continue to make some waves. We've got my favorite Kanye West making it back into the headlines. He has never really left. You know what? He has consistently made the headlines every day for I reckon the last month, possibly even two. So a little bit more about Kanye because uh, I can't help it. He just, he fascinates me. And then we've got a little bit of pop culture there at the end for you. So here are your top three music news headlines of the week. Music news headline number one, major music label Death Row Records is to become the first NFT music label under Snoop Dogg's ownership. Last week, it became public knowledge that Snoop Dogg had bought Death Row Records off MNRK Music Group, a record label that Snoop was a part of the establishment for and released his first two albums with. Snoop Dogg announced his plans on making the label an NFT label on an episode of Clubhouse, an audio platform app. According to Snoop, blockchain tech has the power to change everything again and tip the table in favor of the artists and the fans. Just like when we broke the industry when we were the first independent label to be major, I want to be the first major label in the metaverse. Snoop Dogg has been public from the start about his support for cryptocurrencies, revealing in September of last year that he had accumulated over $17 million worth of NFTs under an alias. Snoop has also minted some of his own NFTs, including all 17 tracks from his most recent album, Back on Death Row, in collaboration with Gala Games. Apparently, if anyone manages to collect all 17 different track NFTs, Snoop has personally pledged for the owner to be invited to barbecues at his private home, among other benefits. Headline number two, Kanye West boycotts the major streaming services announcing that Donda 2 will only be available on his own platform, Stem Player. The Kanye West saga continues this week after Kanye announces that Donda 2, due to drop the 22nd of February, will only be available on Stem Player. So what is Stem Player? It's not a streaming platform per se, rather it's a small disc-like piece of equipment that allows owners to isolate different parts of songs, like vocals, drums, guitars and piano, into parts called stems. Owners can then manipulate the parts and add effects among other producing features. Owning this piece of equipment will also gain access to the Stem Player online platform where Donda 2 will be released. The player retails for $200 US and can be purchased online via stemplayer.com. 
Kanye has chosen to be unsurprisingly very public about the reasoning behind this decision, citing the lack of artist compensation from major streaming platforms like Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, and Apple Music. Kanye has also publicly shared decisions surrounding his income, admitting to turning down a $100 million deal with Apple, as well as Stemplay's revenue milestones since launching in August of 2021 including an impressive 2.227 million US dollars within 24 hours of announcing Donda 2's release plan. Music news headline number three, the Super Bowl's halftime show blew expectations out of the water. The US Super Bowl is the annual playoff championships game of the National Football League. However, for many, it's not the actual sport that causes the whole nation to stop and tune in for four hours. Brands pay millions of dollars for a 20 to 30 second advertising slot and the music halftime show is a mega concert all in itself. This year, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent and Kendrick Lamar took over SoFi Stadium in LA for the Super Bowl's first entirely hip hop halftime performance. The high energy show is being called a powerful celebration of hip hop and its evolution over the last three decades. The legacy of Dr. Dre, who is considered a pioneer of West Coast rap, was a central focus, and it's been reported that Dr. Dre spent almost 10 million US dollars of his own money to shape the show to his satisfaction. Some are contemplating whether the entirely hip hop halftime show was the league's efforts to connect with fans and artists alike, after many felt alienated by the league's stance on Colin Kaepernick's national anthem demonstration against police brutality and racial injustice as well as growing tensions around race in the league. This seems all the more likely after Eminem chose to take a knee during the national anthem, a symbolic gesture to Kaepernick's 2016 demonstration. And now for my top three car concert songs of the week. Uh, This week, I decided to do a throwback week because, I don't know, that seemed to be the theme of my playlist in the car this week. I maybe I was maybe because of the new job, I was like seeking comfort in music that I knew and was nostalgic over, plus found some gems that I just completely forgot existed and deserve a little bit more airtime in everybody's car. Uh so song number one, we have Lips of an Angel by Hinder. This song was released in 2005 and was American rock band's Hinder breakthrough hit. It reached number three on the Billboard charts in the US and number one in both Australia and New Zealand. And apparently the song was written in less than half an hour and was based off of a real event experienced by lead singer Austin Winkler. Now, this is one of those songs where when you listen to as a kid and belted out the lyrics, you just didn't really know what the hell you were singing about. And now as an adult, when you actually listen, you're like, yikes, okay, brave of you to put this in a song, Austin, but you know what? Respect all the same because you gave me a banger. So this is Lips of an Angel by Hinder. I gotta whisper because I can't be too loud. Oh, well. My girl's in the next room Sometimes I wish she was you I guess we never really moved on It's really good to hear your voice Saying my name, it sounds so sweet Coming from the lips of an angel Hearing those words, it makes me Yeah. 
song number two, we have Thanks for the Memories by Fallout Boy. This banger was released in 2007 on the punk rock band's album Infinity High. And this song has hit some huge milestones, including going double platinum in the US and platinum in Australia. The song's official title is spelled with no vowels, which was written as a joke after the band's record label asked them to have shorter song titles. And Kim Kardashian also stars in the music video. So there you go. All the throwbacks, all the jokes. This is also the song that I dream about singing on stage to my ex while giving him the middle finger. So this is Thanks for the Memories by Fall Out Boy. And song number three, we have Donald Trump by Mac Miller. Released in 2011, since past Mac Miller released his hit Donald Trump, which slowly over the years until 2015 instigated numerous tweets from Mr. Trump, uh, despite the single reaching over 100 million views by 2015. And in 2013, when Donald Trump announced his initial interest in running for president, Mac Miller publicly expressed his disgust and in 2015, he tweeted for his followers to not vote for Trump. This song just makes me happy. It pumps me up. I play it on the way to the gym. So hopefully you have some sort of use for it. Maybe if you just need some like extra ego boost or something. I don't know. This song just really does it for me. So this is Donald Trump by Mac Miller. God rest his soul. This week I've got a slightly different guest. Um, her name is Kellyanne. Full name, Kellyanne Stankus, if that rings a bell for anybody here in Oz and most definitely in the US, I'm sure. But Kellyanne was once on the USA's gymnastics acrobatics team, competing at Worlds at the young age of 15. She then moved to LA and found social media fame, booming onto the scene during COVID in 2020, where she has since amassed over 10 million TikTok followers, 2 million Instagram followers, and has been part of the original Hype House. She's now dipped her toe into the music industry with her new single, Boys, and she kindly came onto the podcast to chat all about this transition and what it's like coming into the industry with already such a huge platform. So please welcome to the podcast, Kellyanne. Come on over by the fire 
And to the podcast, I would like to welcome Kelly Ann. Thank you, Kelly Ann, for joining me. You're in LA at the moment, aren't you? Or Orange County? Orange County, yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, how is it over there? It's summer here, so like we're hot, but I've heard LA is mm. just hot all year round. Yeah, it's about, I think it's like 70 degrees right now, Fahrenheit. And okay, cool. So it's, it's nice. Perfect yeah, weather. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> perfect winter weather yes, yes. <laughs> um well you've had a very very busy couple of years actually and yes. it's just getting busier and busier for you you have just released your first single or like first solo single we should say because you did release the Christmas song with the boys yeah um and all of that music stuff is starting to happen for you and you kind of led into this career trajectory in a very different way, I think, to a lot of musicians do, especially here in Australia. Um, So I wanted to start right at the beginning. Not right at the beginning. I'm not going to go back into like your childhood drama, but (laughs) like (laughs) like your your gymnastics um, because you were on the USA team, were you not? Was that for gymnastics slash acrobatics or was it? gymnastics I'm confused with the two difference yeah so I did acrobatic gymnastics definitely different than regular gymnastics like I never did the bars the beam or any of that I had partners and we would do skills and tricks together and like you do a whole routine and they throw and catch you and that kind of stuff yeah so is it kind of like gymnastics cheerleading and dancing sort of all all in one together yes yeah wow definitely I did gymnastics as a kid and I sucked. <laughs> like I sucked. Even my mom after like a year, she was like, you're just not very good at this. <laughs> at, she was, you know, at least she was honest with you. <laughs> she was. She really, really was. Um, I can't fault my mom with that. <laughs> um, but I read that you you started young. You walked yeah. into a gym at like seven saw going you you thought okay I'm gonna go be a cheerleader yeah saw everybody else doing (laughs) gymnastics and went no I want to do that and so but you had to be invited onto the team like it was quite a competitive sport or gym yeah yeah what like what at seven happened for you to be like I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna rock up every day until you (laughs) love me (laughs) I don't I just remember like just going into the gym every day and like going to to do like my uh, gymnast, my cheerleading practice. And like, I would sit there, get there early and I'd sit there and watch these girls and these guys do these crazy tricks. And I was like, I want to do that. Like that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Crazy, like seven years old. Like I want to be tossed in the air and do three flips and someone catch me. <laughs> I just thought it was like really, really cool. And I just wanted to do it. And I just kept going to the gym and they, the coach saw me and he was like, I see like the potential in her. Like, let's definitely do this. I mean, gymnastics is not an easy sport no. or acro- acrobatics gymnastics. Like it's so intense. You've got to be so strong and fearless. And you went, I'm going to go like an expression here in Australia is balls to the wall. And you were like, I'm just going to, I'm going to run with it really hard. And you ended up going like multiple competitions, including worlds in 2012. How old were you in 2012? I was 16. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of like training. I like didn't go to high school. I did online school. Um, right. And I just was in the gym morning and night, like every single day. And on top of that, I also did dance at the same time. So I was competing in dance Whoa. and competing in gymnastics. I don't know how I was doing it. <laughs> like I would wake up at like six in the morning, go to gym until like eight. I would do my schoolwork. Then I would go to the dance studio at like three o'clock. I teach. I would I had a job. I would teach gymnastics at the dance studio. And oh then I would God. come back to the gym, work out from five to eight. And then after that, I would go back to the dance studio and dance until 10 o'clock and then just do it every day. So your whole world with like all of these sports. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. From, that was like more like my teenage years, like from 14 to yeah. 18 was definitely 18. when I was yeah. doing that. Because you stopped competing when you were 18, 18, right? Yeah. Yeah. What What made you decide to do that? Was it just the like that love for competing wasn't there anymore or was it that social media was starting to take off? Like what, what made you go, I don't want this to be my everything anymore? So with my sport, you need partners. Um, I was training with two girls at the time we were a trio and yeah. we were training for a world world championships. It was my second time going to it. Um, and they quit mid season. So at that point you kind of just, you know, oh you God. can't do it anymore. Like I couldn't find new partners cause it, you have to be training a lot with those partners to be good. And so, and not a lot of people do acrobat gymnastics. So you just can't like pick someone random from the gym. It's like, there's more this isn't to a step-up movie. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't, yeah. You can't be replaced that easily. Um, and so I was 18. It was I was devastated because um, I was training for World Championships yeah. again. I wanted, I wanted to go again. Um, and then I just decided no more. Like, I'm not going to compete anymore. Like, there's nothing more that I could do in gymnastics and acrobatic gymnastics because Worlds is the highest competition we have. It's not an Olympic sport, so. And then I just decided to move to L.A. Okay, so you moved to L.A. because a part of you always knew that's what you wanted to do. How did, I mean, it's not like you just completely gave up on gymnastics and dancing and sport in general because you ended up doing acrobats, Mm -hmm. which was acrobatic gymnastics on hoverboards, which led to, a viral, viral video of your team troupe. I don't, I don't know. I, I clearly dance. Um, <laughs> doing a video that went viral to Justin Bieber's "Sorry," and next minute you're on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Like that's <laughs> like that just doesn't happen here. That's not a thing. So please walk me through that. Like finding acrobats, doing that, and I guess the intention behind the video when you did it. Yeah. So, yeah, I always knew I wanted to move to L.A. when I was younger. Like, it's something I always told my mom. She didn't really understand, like, why. <laughs> She's like, I like to start. Like, you don't want to go there. But, like, I moved when yeah. I was 18. I moved with my best friend. She also did acrobatic gymnastics. And so, like, we've known each other since we were seven. And we moved to L.A. just to kind of do the entertainment industry, like, dance, gymnastics, like, literally anything and everything. We wanted to do it all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
And we, w- we lived in this building called 1600 Vine. And it's where all these big influencers used to live. Like everyone who was on Vine, like lived in this building. <laughs> and uh. they had hoverboards. And like, we would see them ride them all the time. <laughs> and one day we were like, we could do handstands on these. Like people would fall and on their feet. We're like, no, we could definitely like do handstands on these. And so like we tried it. Scariest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> like tr- the first time <laughs> doing a handstand on this hoverboard was terrifying. Yeah. But we did it. <laughs> and we both kind of had this idea, like at the same time, like we should do something really cool with this. Like this could go viral. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, and we we wanted it to be more than just like doing a handstand on a hoverboard. We wanted it to be like a full like performance a big thing because we knew like this could be something really big for us and so we me and my best friend we called some of our other gymnast friends and we just put together this group and made a whole routine to it um it all happened so quickly like (laughs) we made the we made the video we posted the video went extremely viral which was crazy that was like the first time i've ever been viral on the internet we were yeah. getting a bunch of emails and calls and Ellen got in contact with us. And that was also so crazy. <laughs> we were like, yeah. the possibility of going on her show, we need to rehearse. Like we went in and rehearsed yeah. for like hours and hours and hours to make sure that like when we went on her show, like we knew what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's like so much pressure. I think that was more pressure like performing on her show than how I felt competing at world championships. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So yeah, actually, you know what? Fair enough. Because like that's, I mean, I don't know how many people are in are watching an acrobatic gymnastics I, meet. So the pressure is more like inwards. Yeah. Whereas like, you were you were like I'm aware that this is national television. Yes, like, this is the Ellen Show, and it's crazy because I growing up, I told myself like I'm going to be on the Ellen Show. I don't know what for, but like I know that I'm going to end up on the Ellen Show one day. That's something that I always wanted to do, and so I think that on top of it was like I'm actually living my dream that like what I wanted to do and what I said I was going to do when I was little like is actually happening. <laughs> And so mm, it was just so, I was so nervous. I've never been that nervous. I could, like, I still remember, like, how I felt. Just me looking at my best friend and we're like, I can't believe, like, this is actually happening. <laughs> like, we literally got oh, called. Wow. The call, We got called at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning. You need to come to the show today. <laughs> they don't we give like, you a lot okay. of time. No, they didn't. And one of the girls in the group she was in high school still so like her parents had to go get her out of high school drive her to LA in time to be on the Ellen show because like obviously (laughs) we're gonna do whatever's possible to be on the show it was it was crazy but it was so much fun right so that was was that like your first I mean I know you were in the vine house so like Mm -hmm. you knew about like social media online presence that kind of thing but that was that like your first taste of I guess very I guess oh what's the word I'm trying to think of like tangible national popularity or I guess attention yeah that definitely Mm. that was like the first real like television show like big opportunity that I've had yeah crazy yeah 
because then you've segued into this very big, but very, it grew so quickly, your social media presence. Like I was doing some, as being, you know, creepy and stalkerish and I was doing research on you because that's what I have to be. <laughs> and yes. every article was like even going, I mean, it was not, not even going back that far, like going back to maybe 20, early 2020, end of 2019 and then like throughout, every single article they would, they would um, quote your follower count yeah. on like different platforms. And everyone, it would just jump this crazy number. And I was like, Jesus, this girl, you didn't get any time to breathe. No. It feels like. <laughs> uh-uh. What's that What's that like? Is that like, because I mean, I s- struggle with social media. I'm just like not a particularly great yeah. at social media. Um, but even when I watch some videos of you, the Ellen DeGeneres blog from, yeah. or like the vlog, I should say, um, you're the one in front of the camera. Like you're clearly drawn to it. You were the makeup artist for the t- for the, the girls. You even yeah. sang a little bit in it. I was like, this is like you you sparkled. Like you you lit up when the camera was in front of you. So I guess for you it was like a natural progression. But talk me through what it's like at seeing that number tick up and up and up. Like because that just seems like incomprehensible to me. Yeah. So like for a while. I like moved to LA in 2015 and it, I didn't see like growth because like I was in social media and like, mm. like did it, but nothing really like went super viral like I did in like 2020, 2019. So like for a while, it was just like slow, steady growth. But then like during, it was like COVID, like the very beginning of COVID was when everything kind of just like went through the roof. And it, it was crazy, like, how fast I was able to grow. I literally went from, like, 1 million followers on TikTok to uh, to 10 million in, like, a year and a half, two yeah. years. Mm. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't really happen to a lot of people. Um, yeah. And it, it just felt kind of like a lot of pressure because I had to, like, post content like every single day like you have to if you don't like you're you're missing out on new followers and people different audience so definitely it was crazy like crazy to just process and like it still is kind of weird to me that I have 10 millions of followers (laughs) (laughs) like I don't know like someone just asked me like how do you feel like what does make you feel I'm like I still feel like I'm just me. I just have like a lot of mm. people watching what I do every day, which is yeah, crazy. Yeah. I think like you, I can imagine when like the numbers on the screen, you sort of, you forget that they are real people with yes. real lives with like, like, yeah, that the, those, like if you put them in a stadium, you would need multiple stadiums. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> that like, that's pretty terrifying. Like, like if you put into perspective, like, when you start doing live shows, you know, touch wood, I don't want to jinx you, but say if you were to ever do a stadium show, yeah, not every, not everyone on the internet that follows you could physically fit in that. And that's yeah. like stadium shows or a stadium tour is like a pretty, like the height for a lot of musicians yeah, or the one percenters that get to do that. But like you were saying, you have to post every day to try and get new audiences. It's, it's very much a business. 
Yes, it is 100% a business. It's very much a business. Did you, when you went into it, were you already thinking that way or did you have to learn as you went? So like, yes and no. What I was posting, I wasn't, I was posting it for fun. Like I, me and my best friends, like we were just having fun making videos and it went viral. And so once we realized, oh, like this is going viral, like let's keep doing this and keep growing so we can make it a business, you know? Yeah. I wasn't like posting these videos because I I knew they were going to go viral and I I wanted it to go viral. I was just making them because we were bored. There was nothing else to do. Literally, we were trapped in our apartment. <laughs> nothing else to do. Yeah. And so yeah. I did something that I love to do, gymnastics, and yeah. with my two best friends. And so I just taught them how to do gymnastics. And those videos l- went crazy viral. Every time we did it, it just went viral. And so, no, it didn't necessarily start off as, like, this is going to be my business. It just kind of, like, turned into it. Mm. well like yeah I, I think that's a really nice way to go into it because more genuine at least I think. it's more genuine and I enjoy doing it it's something I love yeah it's not forced and when you do have those like iffy like issue, like you know like days where you just don't want to post or you don't want to film yes. or, you know you're just like I I want to crawl up into a hole and have everyone leave me alone you can kind of think back and be like, okay, but why did I start this? I started it because it was fun. Yes. Which I think if you start it for the wrong reasons, you don't you don't have that like that grounding to go mm-hmm. back to. No, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but so when when was it like? I mean, you were saying that the pressure started to build because it was like I'm growing and I want to keep growing because this is fun and it is probably it's the way that. You, you moved to LA because that's how you wanted to make your money. You didn't want an office job. You didn't want to go no, nine to five wanted, in a suit with heels. Never wanted to sit in an office. <laughs> yeah. Never, 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 never. <laughs> wanted to entertain. Yeah. For sure, yeah. And so um, when did – was there any a, po- a point in that journey where you felt like it was becoming too much, like it was becoming – too much like a business or have you managed to I guess find management and like people around you that that try and keep it fun um I feel like I've done a pretty good job at like making it fun and the people around me making it fun there's moments where it's not fun at all and I do take those breaks and I think those are very important to kind of just get back in touch with yourself and know what's real and because there's a lot of times where people Well, just like fake things on social media for the views. And I never want to do that. And I have never done that. And so if I'm not feeling 100% and like I want to post, I'm not going to post because it's not like true and genuine to myself. I always want to be real and not like I'm faking something that I'm really not. And so that's always been kind of like my mindset. Like I always want to be true to myself. And so I think that's kind of what has helped me throughout this whole thing and like surrounding myself with certain people because social media, that world can be very, very toxic and a lot of fake friends, fake relationships. There's so many different things that can just ruin you as a person and it's just so toxic. Yeah. And so definitely the people that I surround myself with were like real people. They were my friends. Mm. Um, 
Mm. Like I actually care. They actually care about me. I care about them. We weren't just like, yeah, it looked like we were friends on social media, but like we were actually friends in real life. Um, yeah. yeah. It's definitely a, it's, it's a weird world, a social media world. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, you have, you're a, this is going to sound so stupid saying it out loud, but like you're a human being. Yes. You've got a life. <laughs> yeah. You have, you have a fiance, you've got two sort of, sort of kids yeah. now to like t- take care of. You do all the other basic things that a human does. And then on top of that, I think people need to remember on top of that, you do social media. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is like, yeah, this is a very big part of my life. Just like your job is by default, a majority of your day because that's just how working works that's social media for you and like you said people struggle being on social media when it's not their job because of the toxicity that internet culture can foster so when you went into it was that in the back of your head or is that something that you had to sort of learn like was it like one day you kind of just went oh oh you're oh, you kind of suck and you're an asshole and I don't want to be a part of this. Or was it you were quite switched on from the beginning? I think I was switched on from the beginning because there was like four years where I was around a bunch of social media influencers and like I wasn't very big on social media. So like I saw everything that happens and I saw what people would do to each other and how they would treat each other. And like I never wanted to do that. Like I was like, I don't want to be like that. I I've seen like friendships just torn apart because of it and just going into it I had a different mindset so I think like being able to see it happen in front of me definitely helped a lot yeah like sort of I don't want that Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna do everything I can to not be that yeah 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 that's lucky that you had that because yeah because I was thinking like what if you were like 16 or 17 and you blew up and you were thrown into one of these content creator houses like you don't know who you are at 16 no like you don't no (laughs) not at all so yeah I I see I saw a lot of it and I was like experienced but not really because I didn't really have the following but the things that like I witnessed I'm like whoa (laughs) never want want to do that but it's hard like some of these kids who they're teenagers they're so young they're freshly 18 Mm. they have no experience Mm. in social media they have no experience with people in social media and so like people that they think are their friends just are not they're just using them for videos and numbers and followers and it's really sad like really really sad yeah and really damaging because like we don't know. I mean, I think social media is going to be around what feels like forever yeah. or at least until like we're probably gray and old yep. and gone. <laughs> um, it may, it might not be TikTok. It might not be Instagram, but I think there's going okay. to be a version of it always. But I mean, eventually you're going to grow tired or you're going to want to switch it up and some of your old followers aren't going to vibe it. So they're going to leave, yeah. but it, it gives opportunity for new followers and so if you're so stuck in that single present and you've said this yourself in an interview, you were like, life can change like that. So don't get, don't get caught up on the little things. And it sounded like you were speaking from experience, like things come at the right time. They come at your time. You don't have to go on anybody else's schedule. So what was it about 
early 2020 that you went, I'm going to send a video of myself singing to my manager <laughs> to just kind of like suss what's going to happen. Like, you know, what, what was that moment for you? I don't know. I just, I filmed myself singing in the car and I had it for a little bit and I was just like, I'm just going to send it to my manager. I didn't tell her. Like, yeah. no one really knew I sang. I just, I don't know. I don't know why I just decided to do it. It just felt, yeah. it just felt right. <laughs> um, yeah. And I yeah. sent it to her and she just, she freaked out. She called me. She's like, oh my gosh, why have you been keeping this a secret for so long? <laughs> and my face keeps on showing it, but I'm losing my brain. I, I always loved singing and it was something that I grew up doing and because my family, my dad's a musician. He plays literally every instrument. Same with my older brother. Yeah. We could have a little family band, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> Do it. Oh my gosh. Be the next Jackson. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I've always loved singing, um, loved music. Mm. And I don't know. I just, it just felt right to, be like, hey, I can also do this <laughs> to add on to yeah. the list of things that I want to do. Yeah, because it's 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 a new world. I was um, listening to a different podcast with, um, oh, actually, you, you probably know because it's an American show, The One Tree Hill Girls. Oh, yeah. Like Sophia Bush, Beth- oh. yeah, Bethany Joy. I love that show. <laughs> oh, that's like my comfort show. If, if it's a bad day, I'm it's like, this will make it better. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But I look. Yeah, but I listened to their podcast and they were like, well, when we were in our 20s and starting this, you were either an actor or nothing else. Like you weren't you yeah. weren't allowed or and you were even kind of shoeboxed in to only do the one thing. So it's really interesting that you were like, huh, I've been, I, I well, I am an, an, a great dancer. I've done the competitive gymnastics thing. I've segued into this social media stuff. It makes sense. And it's great that you felt comfortable enough to be like, well, I'll give this a shot. (laughs) And you did it with someone that obviously your manager, you're probably comfortable with them. Um, But you were saying that your dad is a music lover. He's probably one of those, yeah, like you said, one of those lucky people that just picks something up and is like, cool, throw me on stage. He knows how to play. (laughs) Just from listening to it, you can just, oh, figure out a song. Yeah, Crazy. (laughs) What what type of music did you grow up to listening in the house? (sighs) Um, everything. My dad, he really loved like heavy rock, like metal headbanging music. Oh, <laughs> he had like a high school band, oh. and it was just heavy <laughs> metal music. So he loved rock music, and we never, we just really never listened to country music. That's like probably the only music that I never really listened to. Uh, um, I like country, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I loved all types of music. Me and my little brother, we really loved hip hop. <laughs> we love listening yeah, to rap cool. and R&B and pop. Yeah, just anything. 
So you sent that video to your manager and then you, you did, you started working on the music, but you didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I, was a part of, yeah. Was that because like, I mean, I know you, you can't just tell any, everybody, everything like, yeah. A, you wouldn't want to be probably a stupid business move, but when the pandemic hit was a part of you, like, well, no one can really travel around and do anything anyway. Social media is going well and the the industry is going to stall in this bubble mm-hmm. for a little bit. We didn't know for how long, but yeah. it was stalling. Was it kind of nice to be able to work on it and have space to let it breathe and to actually work with the professionals in that setting without being like, oh, you can sing? Okay, great. Here's a song. Record it. Now you're going to go on a bunch of shows. Like, because I can imagine if it wasn't pandemic times, it this would, whole process oh, yeah. probably would have been sped up by yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was nice because I actually took the time to really work on it and do what I wanted to do. Like, I wasn't being told yeah. what I should be doing. I wasn't like being That's forced good. to sing songs I didn't want to sing or like, I actually took my time figuring out what type of music I wanted to make because that's like the basic thing it's like I could have gone a lot of different ways because I love all different types of music Mm. but it's like what sounds best with my voice what type of music do I like to sing what type of music do I want to make and so I definitely wanted to take it was nice taking my time and Mm. figuring that out and not rushing it because I wanted to be taken seriously obviously like in (laughs) you're an influencer and like Everyone has something to say about it. It's like if you influencers want to try to do something new, everyone is like, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just hate on it. Yeah. And I yeah. I hate it. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I'm not just an influencer. Mm. I am more than that. I yeah. have lots of talents yeah. and I want to be able to use them all. Um, I never want yeah. to limit myself. I've never limited myself, even at a young age. <laughs> so... No, you wanted to be on that gymnastics team. You're like, I'm going to be on that gymnastics team. (laughs) And like, I want people to know that. Like I want like people who watch me, I want them to feel that for me. Like if you want to do something, like go do it. Like don't let anyone stop you. Yeah. Because obviously you're going to have haters. That's just going to (laughs) happen. But you're experiencing that on a whole other level because you have, not only do you have like, you know, maybe like a thousand, maybe like 2000 of like friends and family, like people that you've actually met and, you know, maybe a few random little like, you know, acquaintances here and there, like starting music when your pool of people is that small can be daunting and you're still going to get comments like, "Um, are you really going to do that? Like, like, that's hard. You understand that the the music industry is hard. You get that, right? It's like, Yes. Thank you. I'm not an idiot, <laughs> but you have 12 million or something. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to cross all the platforms, like, I mean, of course you're going to get a lot of support, but you're also going to get a lot of hate. What is that like coping with? I mean, I know that's a very broad question. It's like, well, clearly it sucks, Sabrina. <laughs> like that's a shitty question. <laughs> But when you read, like, do you read them anymore? And when you do, is it that, like, how do you, I guess, how do you cope? Because I know it sucks. Yeah. No, I definitely, I do read them, yeah. <laughs> which I know, like, I probably oh. read them. I do read them. Um, 
I don't know. I just know that I love what I'm doing and I'm passionate mm. about what I'm doing. And so like I, those comments just like don't really bother me. And I love to prove people wrong. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of just like fuels my fire and like makes me want to do it even more. Like I'm going to prove yeah. these people who are hating on me wrong and just yeah. you're hating right now but in a few years you're going to be singing my songs <laughs> so just yeah yeah, yeah. like give, give it a moment <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah it definitely just like makes me want to work harder reading those comments yeah and like you can definitely look at it a different way like I could look at it and be like oh like oh I shouldn't be doing this but no I it's gonna make me work even harder yeah yeah and isn't that like what every single person who does have a profile that ends up on interviews on TV and whatever, they all say like, oh, no one thought I could do this. Yeah. <laughs> no one thought Lady Gaga could be a singer. Like, and like, like you said, we're all singing her songs now. Yeah. But I mean, but it's not like you're shying away from social media because you are, you're using it to promote your music. You're like yeah. pre-saves and putting it on TikTok and getting people to do dances to it. Like, did that come naturally to you? Were you like, are you... Have you been on it long enough now that you were like, this is actually a super easy way to market my music or are there like music marketing gurus behind the scenes being like, this is a great way to do it? Cause I've um, always wondered that. I was like, does this, yeah. did they just think about it and know, or are there people actually coaching them through it? It is. I've learned it is very different than just like posting regular content. Like marketing right. your music is so different than just like posting regular content and I've learned that, like, I do have to build an audience that loves me for my music. So that's kind of, like, mm. what I'm trying to do now is, like, see what I need to grow an audience that is here for my music, not just for my social media following, not just for my content yeah. that I make every day. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's definitely – I just kind of did on my own, like, what I thought was going to do good with my marketing and everything. And so yeah. – um, but there's definitely there's ways to do it there's like people who are know what they're doing and do it right yeah yeah I mean obviously yeah but and like you're a special case as well because it's like well you we'd all be idiots if we didn't actually leverage the profile that you already have yeah like it would make no sense for you to not go to social media and use it to boost everything yeah so you showed the song to your manager or like you've shown yourself singing to the manager what what happened were you brought into a studio and pitched lots of different songs was it trying to get into contact with the right producers right music reps like how do you how do you how did you experience that transition in terms of Um, like people to talk to yeah I kind of did it all um I went to the studio with like a producer and a writer and wrote my own songs I got pitched a bunch of songs. I worked with different producers um, and found ones that, like, I didn't like to work with and ones that I really love to work with. You just kind of, like, have to vibe it out, I guess. Mm Kind of just see who you work well with. Um, Because it's definitely, like, a it's a different space. It's very, like, a vulnerable space. Um, And so finding the right people to work with is very important. Um, yes. Oh yeah, I just did it all. I listened to a bunch of pitch songs, a bunch of demos, um, wrote my own music, which was very fun. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of songs just like 
on my phone <laughs> waiting to oh yeah banked up waiting to go up. yeah just because I've been working that. on it for a while and so yeah 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 I mean um I'm not sure if this is correct but did you work with um songwriter Sophie Rose yes yeah I work was with her a lot like, yeah yeah well, okay so she's only 21 everybody she's playing old. at home Sophie yeah. is she's young and she's a powerhouse and she left school at like 14 to pursue music full time. And she's probably behind a lot of the songs that you love from a lot of different artists. Um, But like I said, she's only 21. So what was that like writing with another young female? Because the music industry is very male dominant. It can be very sexist. Was it nice or I guess what, yeah, what was that experience like? Because like often, like, especially people who do decide to go into like the pop realm, because like sometimes pop has like that negative connotation to it. Um, Did you feel like, yeah, was, was that nice working with another young female? Because it was like, this is, this is how you're going to make money. (laughs) Like this is, this is the dream team. (laughs) Yeah. No, Sophie, she's great. She's so talented in, like, how she works. Like, I was just, like, blown away. Like, how – like, she's an amazing writer. And she just, like, comes up with things so quickly. And so, like, just to, like, watch her work in the studio, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you are so talented. Like, this is great. And we just, like, got along very well. It was easy to, like, open up to her. And, yeah, it was really nice just working with another – young female you know you just feel you just feel comfortable yeah yeah and like it's a very intimidating because like you're not starting from you know you weren't in like a high school band or like your university band Mm -hmm. that played the crappy bars and you know was in a beat down truck that was traveling across the country where I mean even those people get exploited even those people get stars in their eyes and they're sometimes you know execs go up to them and suddenly it's like oh everything's coming true like bing bang boom you kind of went from I'm already at this level I've I've kind of already can tell when people are bullshitting me but at the same time no I haven't been writing songs in my bedroom and performing them to tiny tiny crowds like I don't have that experience so to suddenly be like here is a studio with real producers and real tech and and like you know songwriters and everything it's like, oh gosh, I've got to, like, was that quite hard being like, okay, I got to elevate now. Like I've got to get to their level. Or were you like, oh no, it's okay. Like I'm new here and we all know I'm new. It's chill. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was intimidating at first. Cause it's like so new to me, the space and like yeah. making music. So yeah. it was intimidating at first. I was like, I don't, am I doing this right? Like, am I giving it my all? I'm like, am I saying the right things? Yeah. Like, when should I not yeah. say things? So it definitely was very um, intimidating at first. Um, but like working with Sophie, she's just very, she's very chill. She's very welcoming. And so yeah. that was nice. That was definitely very comforting in this big scary moment of like making music. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I like to do things that like make me uncomfortable. And so... I enjoyed it at the same time, even though it was intimidating. I like to just attack it. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you're a learner. You like like to learn. Yeah, definitely. And then apply it. Because there's people who like to learn, but it's like, I just like knowing that I know it, but I don't have to use it. And then there's people who are like, I kind of get it. Let me do it. (laughs) And I feel like you're more the same. No, and I definitely like to be involved in everything. Like, 
I want to know, like, like even like when they produce stuff, like I like to sit there and listen and watch what they're doing because mm. like maybe one day I could try to produce my own song. Like that'd be really cool. It's so interesting too. It's so interesting to see it go from chords and lyrics mm-hmm. and for it. To, I mean, that can, that can be really beautiful on its own. Don't get me wrong. Like singer songwriters, guitar vocalists yes. love it, but then seeing it being transformed into like this full on production what what how there's like so many different drums and like there's so many different sounds and like picking the right sound like it's crazy like how much actually goes into just making one song it's crazy but tell me about the music video that's the last little bit I want before we head into the this or that section but tell me about this music video because I can see all the comments on your social media they're like when's the music video video out and you're like soon Oh, I'm so excited for a music video. It was so fun to film. Um, I think it's definitely going to showcase like where I'm going and like what type of artist I'm going to be. Um, cool. I don't want to give away too much, but I've definitely been giving no, little no, no, teasers no. on my social media. Um, yeah. But I'm so excited for it. I it was very fun to film. I was I was really nervous at first, actually, um, just because like I've never been. That's not, I've never been in that position. Like I've been in music videos before. I've seen how it works, but I've never been like yeah. the artist and like the best me, me lip singing and me yeah. just doing it. So it was, I was very nervous at first, but then I like, got into my flow and loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah. Did you kind of enter like a new character because you've dropped your last name for your artist name. Okay. You are now just Kellyanne. Um, does, does Kellyanne feel not like a different person, but like a different space of you that maybe you haven't really tapped into before and I can imagine like yeah over time you're like in the video like huh hold on this is like a new me I can be whatever the hell I want to be yeah (laughs) yeah and I think that's so fun it definitely taps more into like performing me (laughs) like those are definitely Mm -hmm. like me on a daily basis and then like me on stage me performing is definitely like two different people um so definitely like tapped back into that and I haven't performed in so long and so that was yeah. that was definitely really nice to like get back into like that headspace of like performing and just like turning it on and like putting on a show basically yeah for sure and like yeah like you said go back to your roots yeah because that's what like that's what you are like like gymnastics or like any sport to an extent it's like performative yeah where I mean sometimes like I mean like yeah sure you could go very much inwards but it's still a beauty to it and people are still watching you it's a spectator thing yeah um but my last little section um is a this or that mm-hmm. section it's just 10 10 questions you just pick on like when I say it you just pick like the one that draws to you the most okay um some guests like to justify their answer <laughs> others just like to give me their answer that is totally up to you if you feel like you need to justify it you are allowed okay. sounds good <laughs> but we, we start pretty we start we start really easy. So the first one is TV shows or movies? TV shows. Would you rather a speeding ticket or a parking ticket? Parking ticket. Justin Bieber or Dua Lipa? Justin mm, Bieber. I thought that was going to get you. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> you looked almost guilty saying that. You're like, know, Justin Bieber. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you rather always be late or always be underdressed. Oh my goodness. Mm. I hate being late. That is like <laughs> oh, 
my dad just like instilled it in me in a, as a little kid. Like yeah. if you're on time, you're late. Five minutes early, you're on time. Oh, yep. damn. Okay. So, <laughs> I think underdressed. I'll rock a sweatsuit yeah. anywhere. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. If you wear it with enough confidence, it doesn't right. look underdressed, guys. That's right. That's All right. right. Would you rather be the smartest person in the room or the funniest person mm. in the room? I always, I can never decide on this one. I think I'd rather be the smartest. No, yeah. I don't know. That's so hard. That is, yeah. I think I'd rather be the funniest person in the room, actually. I feel, yeah, I mean, but then it's like, what room? Am I in a party setting? Am I in a yeah. business meeting? Like, it depends, no, right. guys. If you're in a party setting, definitely mm. the funniest person in the room. But if you're like. Oh, yeah, no one wants a smart person at a party. <laughs> <laughs> no you're still right i can't decide that's okay we will say party funniest business meeting smartest like yes. easy but it's there true yes okay are you a get to the party early and leave early or get to the party fashionably late and be the last one standing i am now get there early leave early <laughs> life has changed a little for you yes (laughs) Yes. i love to get in bed before 10 o'clock it is uh so nice so nice you just feel like your life's more put together when you get to bed at a reasonable time you're like oh wow like i feel like a fully functioning human yes when i (laughs) i'm getting ready for bed and i lay down look at the clock it's 10 30 i'm like yes this was successful (laughs) nailed it 10 out of 10 day yes (laughs) all right matching christmas pjs or matching halloween costumes christmas pjs christmas is like my favorite holiday so christmas oh sweet yeah bless all right would you rather be in front of the camera or in front of a live audience oh live audience Okay, yeah, cool. I thought you were going to maybe say camera because, like, obviously so much of what you do. Yeah. But I guess you're transitioning into it. You're going to be going into more live audience Nothing stuff, like which is fun. The feeling of, like, a live crowd that's just, like, cheering you. Oh, it's, like, it's such a cool feeling. And, like, I haven't felt it's that a rush. long time. Like, it's just it, nothing – like, being behind a camera doesn't give you that feeling. <laughs> it's, like, something so different no. about a live audience. So true. Yeah. So true. All right, last one. Mm-hmm. LA, so like, I I've never been to LA, so I'm gonna be like like city LA, uh-huh. or Orange County. Orange County, yeah. LA's. Uh, I moved out of LA for a reason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone says that it's a bit dirty, and I was just oh, like, oh, but I still want to go. I want to experience the dirt for myself. <laughs> it's nice in the nice areas, but it's like so expensive, mm. and like Orange County yeah. is just nice <laughs> cheaper nicer not far away from my life well thank you so much for chatting with me and for opening up a little bit about like that whole journey and like you said just because you're a tiktoker just because you are a social media star doesn't mean that music's off the table doesn't mean that people should devalue exactly. the music anymore and I know that's going to take time yes. to like for that opinion and attitude to roll out and I'm sure it will 
just keep going yeah. at it, like you said. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to chat. I appreciated it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Nice conversation having with you. <laughs> And that was Kelly Ann. Huge thank you to her for coming on and taking the time to chat with me. She's incredibly busy at the moment doing all of the things. Um, So I very much appreciated her time. And I appreciated learning about what it's like being a TikTok star with 12 million, or I guess 24 million eyeballs on you uh, when you are trying to break into the music industry and how that can be A, really difficult and B, um just a very different experience than I think what a lot of my guests have, you know, experienced at the beginning when you did have to build kind of a foundational listenership uh, without a platform to fall back on. Whereas she kind of has the opposite problem now of trying to build a foundational listenership from a lot of people who, you know, follow her for her social media content and maybe don't believe that she should be a musician or can be a musician or, etc, etc. Haters gonna hate. So, you know, once again, huge thank you to Kellyanne and good luck to her and all of her musical endeavors um, in the future. But that is the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, I am super excited to have one of my favorite US uh, artists. His name is Wiley from Atlanta. That's his like title name, Wiley from Atlanta. He is also from Atlanta. Duh. Um, but he is a rapper at heart with the voice of a blues singer. He's only 24 and already has two amazing albums under his belt and is about to embark on an exciting U.S. national tour with Grip. We dive into his music, the intention behind his new album, King Fisher, and the other world that is the Atlanta music scene and why we should all go there and we should all experience it because it sounds like an absolute handy land for musicians. Um, so if you're interested in my chat with Wiley from Atlanta, I highly recommend that you subscribe to It's All BS on Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. Um, but until then, guys, have a good week. Hope the February blues don't get to you too much. Um, but until then, guys, this is It's All BS. I'm your host, Sabrina. Have a good one.